Section two of the Toilers of the Sea by Victor Hugo. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by John Greenman. Chapter two, the Bue de la Rue. Gilliat dwelt in the parish of Saint Sampson. He was not beloved. There were reasons for this. In the first place, he lived in a haunted house. It sometimes happens that in Jersey or in Guernsey, in the country or even in the city in passing through some deserted nook or in a street full of inhabitants you will meet with a house whose entrance is barricaded holly obstructs the door plasters of planks well nailed on close up the windows of the ground floor the windows of the upper stories are both open and shut all the sashes are barred but all the panes are broken if there be a paddock a yard the grass is growing there the encircling parapet is crumbling. If there be a garden, it is all nettles, brambles, and hemlock, and strange insects may be there espied. The chimneys are cracked, the roof is falling in. What can be seen of the interior of the rooms is dismantled. The wood is rotten, the stone is damp. On the old walls there is paper which is peeling off. Thereon you can study the old fashions of wallpaper, the griffins of the empire, the crescent-shaped draperies of the directory, the balusters and small columns of Louis the Sixteenth, the thickness of the webs, full of flies, denotes the profound peace enjoyed by the spiders. Sometimes one perceives a broken jug on a shelf. That is a haunted house. The devil comes thither at night. A house like a man can become a corpse, a superstition suffices to kill it. Then it is terrible. These dead houses are not uncommon in the Channel Islands. Rustic and maritime populations are not at ease on the score of the devil. Those of the Channel, an English archipelago on a French sea coast, hold very well-defined ideas with regard to him. The devil has envoys all over the earth. It is certain that Belfagor is the ambassador of hell in France, Hutkin in Italy, Belial in Turkey, Thamuz in Spain, Martinet in Switzerland, and Mammon in England. Satan is an emperor like any other. Satan Caesar. His household is very well appointed. Dagon is grand seneschal. Sucker Beneth is head of the eunuchs. Asmodeus, banker of the gaming table. Cobal, director of his theater, and Verdelet, grand master of ceremonies. Nibus is the buffoon. Wairus, a learned man and a good authority on witches and demons, calls Nibus the great paradist. The Norman fishermen in the channel have to take many a precaution when they are on the sea because of the illusions which the devil creates. It was long thought that St. Macklin dwelt on the great square rock of Ortac, which lies in the open sea between Origny and Casqueta, and many old sailors were wont to affirm in former days that they had very often seen him from a distance, sitting there and reading a book. Hence mariners, as they passed, made many a genuflection before the rock of Ortac, until one day the fable was destroyed to make way for the truth. It was discovered, and it is known at the present day, that the inhabitant of the rock of Ortoc is not a saint, but a devil. 
This devil, a certain Jacmus, had the audacity to pass himself off for several centuries as St. Macklin. However, the church herself falls into these mistakes. The devils, Racuhel, Oribel, and Tobiel, were saints until 745, when Pope Zachary, having scented them out, expelled them. One must be very learned in demonology in order to effect these expulsions, which are certainly very useful. The old people of these parts relate, but these facts belong to the past, that the Catholic population of the Norman archipelago was in former days, and in spite of itself, in closer communication with the demon than the Huguenot population. Why? We know not. One thing is certain, that this minority was formerly much annoyed by the devil. He had conceived an affection for the Catholics, and sought their society, which would lead one to suppose that the devil is Catholic rather than Protestant. One of his most unendurable familiarities was to make nocturnal visits to the conjugal beds of Catholics, when the husband was wholly and the wife half asleep. Hence, misunderstandings. Ratouillet thought that this was the manner of Voltaire's birth. There is nothing improbable about it. Moreover, this case is fully known and described in the formulae of exorcism under the heading De Oribus Nocturnis e de Semine Diabolorum. At St. Helier, it raged with special violence towards the end of the last century, probably as a punishment for the crimes of the revolution. The consequences of excesses of the revolution are incalculable. However that may be, this possible advent of the demon at night, when one does not see clearly, when one is asleep, troubled many orthodox women. There is nothing agreeable about giving birth to a Voltaire. One of them, being troubled in her mind, consulted her confessor on the means of clearing up this equivocal situation in season. The confessor replied, In order to assure yourself whether you have to do with the devil or your husband, feel his forehead. If you find horns there, you may be sure. Of what? asked the woman. The house wherein Gilliatt dwelt had been haunted, but was no longer. It was, therefore, all the more suspected. No one is ignorant of the fact that when a sorcerer installs himself in a haunted dwelling, the devil considers that house sufficiently well guarded, and shows the sorcerer the politeness of not returning thither unless invited, like a doctor. This house was called the Bue de la Rue, the end of the street. It was situated at the point of a tongue of land, or rather rock, which formed a tiny separate anchorage in the inlet of Ume Paradis. The water is deep there. This house stood completely alone on this point, almost outside the island, with just enough land for a tiny garden. High tides sometimes flooded the garden. Between the port of St. Sampson and the inlet of Ume Paradis rises the large hill surmounted by the group of towers and ivy called the Chateau du Val, or of the Archangel, so that from St. Sampson the Bue de la Rue was not visible. Nothing is more common than sorcerers in Guernsey. They exercise their profession in certain parishes, 
and the nineteenth century affects it not in the least. They indulge in regular criminal practices. They boil gold. They gather herbs at midnight. They cast the evil eye upon people's cattle. People consult them. They cause the water of sick people to be brought to them, and they are heard to say in a low tone, The water appears to be very cloudy. One day in 1857, one of them discovered the presence of seven devils in the water of a sick person. They are feared and formidable. One of them recently bewitched a baker, as well as his oven. Another one has the wickedness to close and seal with the greatest care envelopes with nothing in them. Another still even indulges so far as to keep in his house, on a shelf, three bottles labeled B. These monstrous facts have been proved. Some sorcerers are obliging, and take your maladies upon themselves for two or three guineas. In this case they writhe on their beds, giving vent to cries. While they are writhing you say, Stay, there is no longer anything the matter with me. Others cure you of all complaints by knotting a handkerchief round your body. The means is so simple that one marvels that no one has already hit upon it. In the last century the royal court of Guernsey put them on a pile of faggots and burned them alive. In our day it condemns them to eight weeks in prison on bread and water, and four weeks in close confinement alternately. Amant alterna catenoi. The last burning of sorcerers in Guernsey took place in 1747. The city utilized for that purpose one of its squares, the Carrefour du Bordage. The Square du Bordage beheld eleven sorcerers burned between 1565 and 1700. As a rule, the culprits confessed. They were aided to their confession by torture. The Carrefour du Bordage has rendered other services also to society and religion. Heretics were burned there. Under Mary Tudor, a mother and her two daughters were burned. The mother's name was Perrotine Massy. One of the daughters was with child. She brought forth the child in the coals of the pile of faggots. The chronicle says, Her belly burst. A living child came forth. The newborn infant rolled out of the fiery furnace. A certain house picked it up. Bailiff Elie Goslin caused the child to be flung back into the fire. End of chapter 2 The Bue de la Rue